Hey, Karen. How are you? Good. It's nice to hear your voice again. It's nice to hear yours. Thank you. So we traveled halfway across the country, and now we're back, and now we go all the way back to L.A. and back 25 years. We, and and boy, boy, are we. Okay. <laughs> so as we've been saying for the past, I don't even know how long. Nine months. I don't know. Nine months. I actually don't know least. what you're about to say. This show has been right terrible like that like that like melrose is just like crashed and burned i feel like we have hit a new low after last after after this with this episode i'm gonna disagree with you really yeah now it's uh, it is definitely grading on a curve like these are kind of measured comments i kind of hate the beginning of the episode we're about to recap and then it starts just becoming a new episode with new story for a lot of it. And it kind of me it kind of reminded me more of like old school Melrose. The writing to me felt, while still forced, a little less clumsy. While the storylines are not exciting as they used to be, it was a little bit easier going down for some of the stories that we're getting into than the one we're coming out of, or I guess the couple that we're coming out of at the beginning of this episode. So yeah, I guess I'm I'm comparing it to where we were. Because if I remember last week was, or last episode was really terrible. And this one, it's like, okay, anything with Kyle going on is like pretty shit. But some of the other things that they're moving ahead, I'm like, you know what? The wheels that they have in motion are not terrible. All right, fair points there. However, I could not get over. Okay, Rob Estes directed this episode. Yep. And I felt like we had Rob was being an artiste with a capital A. Um, there were shots going on here that were so not Melrosian and just absolute crap. And I got very, very frustrated by the directing through the whole thing. Yeah, I yeah. One of the first things I was going to say, and by the way, we are season seven, episode twenty-four. Wait for it, saving Ryan's <laughs> private. <laughs> um, and I guess I have to explain that to some that just a few months earlier, a big deal Spielberg movie called uh, Saving Private Ryan had come out and was dominating that year. Um, yeah, there. You can tell that he and i think this is the first episode he has directed but don't hold me to that you can tell that he's like kind of trying to make his mark mm. but yeah. i also feel like overall because there's a lot of story jammed in here each of the segments feels a little bit overstuffed um and while the plots are what they are and the writers do what they do I feel like it flowed fairly well. However, I'm going to agree when we get to scene by scene, some of the things that you're pointing out as being like attention grabbing or too loud or whatever. Um, I, I see that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it wasn't in, it wasn't in every scene or in every sort of like vignette or, or whatever, but it's it more wasn't than once. every, but it was <laughs> definitely more than once. And hilariously, it was mostly in his 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he just, like, really kind of wanted to elevate what was going on with his character. And granted, they were sending his character through a real journey here and all of that. And he was overacting the fuck out of it. But anyway. Yeah, well, I think we're being done no favors by the fact that he is directing himself here. Yeah, no, no favors whatsoever. So let's dive in. Okay. Um, We pick up where we left off, which was a big cliffhanger in a sense, because this woman, the nurse Audrey, had been suing Michael for sexual harassment. And it seemed like uh, this was one time he wasn't guilty of anything. And then he shows up at her hotel room and they kiss and she pulls him into the room. And so suddenly it's like, whoa. He has been involved all along, and that's actually a bit of a misdirect, because it seems like, yes, they are conspiring, and they're going in on a scam together to reinstate him and get him a lot of money through her with the hospital, but they aren't actually romantically involved. So the plan is that she, they went in on it together, she was going to claim like a quid pro quo sexual harassment relationship with him. And she's going to confess the next day to exonerate him. He's going to get his job back and he's going to get uh, a payout in the form of an apology or as part of an apology. And she's going to get $150,000 as part of that. Um, But meanwhile, while they're discussing this to each other, but for our, the audience's benefit, you know, she's very flirty with him and she really makes it look like they they are and they have been fooling around. Um, And he's not he's not acting the same way. She asks him to buy her dinner and she's like trying to make a date out of this visit. And he says, order room service and leaves. So that sort of clears things up. And it also sort of opens things up for, um, things to not go as planned for Michael. Is that fair? I think so. Um, meanwhile, so Kyle's father, Kyle and Ryan's father, I should say, visited last episode, and he was drunk and ornery and toxic, um, and he finally got the truth out of Kyle, and Ryan found out about um, his sterility. So the truth is out, and Kyle has now hit rock bottom again, uh, and the father is nowhere to be seen. We're told later on that he has left town, but there's no goodbye scene. He's just no longer in this episode. Um so Ryan tells Amanda that Kyle can't be found, and she sees that there's a big bag of pills in her office, in his office. And I guess Amanda has known all about his alcohol abuse, but didn't know anything about the drugs he'd also recently been doing. Um, and so they don't know where Kyle is. She sees the blueprint for that dream house they're building. She thinks she knows where he is, and and there he is at, you know, the skeleton of the dream house right on the water. And he's dousing it with gasoline. He's going ape shit. I mean, he like he breaks the glass just as Amanda arrives, and then he he lights a match. Um, <laughs> he's gonna burn down symbolically. He's going to start by burning down the nursery, which of course is just a few planks of wood at the moment. Um, this is not the glass menagerie. The symbolism doesn't really work, but nonetheless, Amanda shouts, "Not the nursery!" Um, <laughs> And he says, you know, the dream is dead. And he sets it all on fire. It goes up in smoke. And, all right. And he, yeah. Uh, no, keep going. I was going to say, and then finally he does admit to her the secret that he thinks that he is sterile. 
And then he has the worst scene of all, the worst moment in all of his like drunk tirades. I think he, he says like something I picked up in the war or like in the Gulf War. <laughs> there was a lot of that. Um, <laughs> well, okay. And this is when the weird camera angles really started. Like they had like that long shot of like the burn, the burned out wood planks or whatever leading up to Amanda who has smut soot on her face and wrapped up in a blanket. Well, yeah, that's when we come back. Yeah. Oh, oh, right, right, right. That is when we come back. Uh, here's, I, okay. the, here's the thing. Yeah. Yes. So this should have been where last week's episode ended. There should oh, have been right. a thing where yeah. we're like 45 minutes in, like, okay, let's say we're talking about it actually being 60 minutes. The Kyle should have freaked out. He should have had that last altercation with his dad and that Ryan saw. And then we come back for the final segment and Amanda's looking for him and she realizes where he is. And this is like the climactic thing that the last episode, the rest of the episode has been building up to. She finds him. He makes his big confession. He sets the thing on fire and then he runs off. And I should add when he runs, he like even runs bad. He's bad at running. I know where they only show him playing basketball. Um, (laughs) And then we should pick up the first, like the cold open of this episode should be where we come back, which is the aftermath of the fire. The firefighters are gear, over there. The, the wood is all burned. Amanda is sitting with that yellow blanket on and picking up the pieces. Kyle nowhere to be found. That's where we should have picked up. You, I think you're probably right. But here, Okay, here's the other thing that sort of frustrated me is all of this sort of, all of their concerns about money and what does he do? He torches the house that they're building? Yeah, I mean, any story where, where, like, money is actually a concern here, it's like, it matters until it doesn't. Right. You know, like, Lexi needed all this money, and that was the problem with Sterling Conway and marrying Coop, and it's like, and then, like, I guess someone wrote a check, and the money came out of nowhere, and we're fine. Right. You know, it's like, it, it matters when they needed to drive a story, and then when it complicates the story, it's like, just close your eyes and don't worry about it. <laughs> all I kept thinking about was, like, all that money, guys. Poof. Also, I have a question, which is, this makes Kyle an arsonist, right? I mean, what he did is a crime, right? Yeah, it is a crime. Okay. Yeah. But nobody nobody cares. No, there's so much else going on. I know. It's okay. It's okay. That's, a, that's an okay crime, Kyle. Yeah, that I would, mean, in some yeah. ways, it's, you know, the least damaging thing he's done yeah. since he's been on the show. And uh, and now Ryan is kind of Amanda's rock, and he's now they they all have to go off and look for Kyle. Yeah, so Kyle's at large right now. Not like yeah. the feds are looking for him, just um, Ryan and Amanda. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she does have a moment with Ryan where she asks why he held on to his secret, and he was like, he didn't want to disappoint you or something. Right. Um. So then we have. For me, I think a moment that's equally embarrassing to anything Kyle does in this episode, which is Lexi lying alone and naked in her bed um, with a like the photo of Ryan, her big match in this whole uh, <laughs> like searching a for a mate. Photo. Um, and it's she's a like talking. She's like talking out loud to the photo about how to make Ryan fall in love with her. Um, 
And then Megan calls to say she'll be late because of what happened with Kyle. And so if you remember from last episode, Lexi had seen Peter and Amanda and got the mistaken impression that they were getting a key to go up to a hotel suite together. They were actually getting it for one of um, the clients or guests at whatever that event was the for the Children's Foundation. Um, and so she's like, oh, he already found out about Amanda and Peter that soon. And Megan's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, I got my stories mixed up. What happened? <laughs> and that's all we that's all we have of the Amanda and Peter thing for now, at least. Um, and so it's like everyone in a largely pre cell phone era is like staking like claim to a spot where Kyle might return as they also have other people out looking for him. So like Megan is staying at Melrose place and Ryan is staying at Kyle's on the upstairs at the restaurant while Amanda is out like combing the streets for Kyle or whatever. So Lexi is like, yeah, stay in the apartment. And, and she's like, is there anything I can do? And she's like, yeah, well, Ryan is at Kyle's meaning the restaurant. Um, (laughs) Guess what's going to happen. Lexi's going to go. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's an educated guess because I watched. Um, Okay, so before we catch up to any more of that, we see Michael hanging around the hospital. And Nurse Amy, voice of reason, is like, Michael, I love you, but you're not supposed to be here. I don't think this is a good idea. Get out of here. But Michael is like, Nurse Audrey, they all have A's, all of these nurses. Um, She's about to come clean. It will exonerate him. He's expecting to be welcomed back with an apology, open arms. Peter and the board members then come out. There's no nurse Audrey, and Peter's like, what the hell are you doing here, Michael? So Michael is also confused, and he goes to see Audrey in like the changing room since she hasn't come through, and she is raising the stakes. She is playing her hand, so she wants to renegotiate, and she says that it isn't just about the money. Um, so she's clearly into pursuing something more with Michael and is you know, like has the upper hand right now. Meanwhile, there's a knock at the door, so Michael climbs out the window, um, and we see him like falling out the other side, while uh, the other nurse that we have seen sometimes, Nurse Annie, is eating her lunch. So she's out there to see him fall. It's he goes, yeah. When they throw you out of the hospital, they really throw you out, which is like <laughs> sort of a funny moment in a naked gun sort of way that only Thomas Calabro on the show can like really pull off. Um, but again. Not something we typically see, at least not like at this time, at this point in the the series. Uh, I don't know if that was a a Rob Estes thought or not as well. I don't know. I I actually really enjoyed that moment. I thought it was funny. I really liked it. I wish we had more of those throughout all of this. (laughs) Me too. I was, and it was sort of like everything about this episode, or so much about this episode, was really dark. That it That's gave right. it, it gave it like a, a really just nice bit of levity that I think that the episode really needed. Yeah, I think so. We, you know, count on Thomas Calabra for that. Uh, so Lexi, oh, Amanda, I guess, has called Ryan just to update him on the no update. And that's when Lexi comes to the restaurant to visit him. Um and she tells him without telling him anything else that she thinks she has found her Mr. Right. And he like, isn't really biting. He is otherwise, uh, uh, you know, engaged 
in terms of his worry. She asks if she can help, and he's like, yeah, if you, you want, stay here and man the phones, and I'll be out looking for Kyle. Um, you can call me on my cell phone. So he's out canvassing on the streets. And then we got a call back to Julie, the assistant who had been like spying on Amanda that Lexi brought over. So she calls Julie, who is not seen yet in this episode, and tells her that the whole company is going after the Passion Island account, which is a new client that we're about to learn a lot about in this episode. Um, and Michael comes back to the apartment and he sees Jane dancing around her apartment, uh, wearing like, you know, either a bathing suit or a tank top and drinking a margarita to music. Um, so she too is going after the Passion Island account. She's representing Amanda Woodward advertising and, um, Ryan is going to be going with her, I guess, because they think Ryan can close the deal and Jane is getting a second chance with a non-Alex Bastion client. I yeah, because really she, I, I do at at one point, and I don't remember where it was. I think it was later. She does bring up, you know, how she, you know, she, she basically says, like, I'm surprised of, I still have a job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's yeah like she's like, like hoping to make good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's kind of like hoping this is her make good on the Alex yeah. Bastion issue. So that, which I thought was really kind of a, a neat little. There's a neat little Easter egg they threw in there. You know, we don't get enough of those. So when we no, get them, I, you know, when we get them, it's it's always very exciting. Yeah, so she they'll be headed to Cabo, uh, and then Michael, because he's in another apartment, he walks over to his place, and he sees Amanda and Peter, um, and Peter says something about, like, the mess at the hospital, and Amanda's like, by the way, both of your rents are due, um, and then she asks Peter if she can come into his apartment uh, for a glass of wine, uh, but it's sort of really a reason for her to ask if he knew about Kyle's secret, and he's like, yes, I did the test and I agreed to keep it secret, but I did ask him to come forward. But, you know, Kyle was stubborn. Um, okay. Then we see Kyle again. He's like super drunk and he's like just making noise and complaining out loud at the basketball court where he and Ryan have been playing periodically. Um, and so Ryan sees him and finds him. So basically people have been looking for Kyle for 24 hours We've only seen Kyle in one of three places all year long, and it's taken 24 hours for Ryan to go to the third of those places. Okay. Were you, I was like... <laughs> I was like physically like responding to Rob Estes in like, in like and not in a good way. To his okay, I, was, I needed you to scenes. clarify that. I mean, it well, was like, these scenes were like hard cringe. Like, like I was just watching him and every single time the camera went to him or he had a line or he had, I was just like, oh, oh, oh. Like, it was really just one of those moments where you just wanted to be like, oh my God, shut up and be pretty. Yeah. He yeah. was Clean terrible. yourself up. Yeah. He was and, terrible. Uh, yeah. Well, the next sentence I wrote in my notes is more bad drunk acting. So I agree. Oh, I mean, you know, the, the, the slurring was weird and like, he kept doing a thing with his hand and like, he was trying to grab something and he couldn't grab it. And I, it was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, I mean, you know, conventional wisdom is if you're going to direct, 
and like direct for the first or one of your first times, then do it in an episode where you have little to do, if not nothing. And I don't know that there are any episodes for Kyle this season where that would have been true, but it's certainly not true of, of this episode and this continuing storyline. I mean, especially since this episode is so, is so heavy with yeah. him and it's like these heavy moments with him. And yeah, he needed, I, I wish that there was like an actual somebody on that set kind of like coaching him through this because he, yeah. it, he, it's yeah. just really I don't know that, bad. I don't know that Melrose Place as a show historically has ever had that coach. Right. But, um, I mean, there, if yeah. there was a different director, you know, that, you there's, know? Yeah, there's a, there's, you know, if this had been an episode where it was like, he was really in the background because it was like Amanda and even Peter focused or something, that would have been better. Uh, or, you know, like the episode that was more about like Michael and Jane's wedding slash non-wedding. Right. You know, like, although that would have had a lot of pieces t- to deal with. But, um, this is too much, Kyle. And it's a problem because the writing is bad. These are hard scenes for good actors to sell, but good actors know how to get there, and he's not that. Right, right. And we have seen a lot of him struggling before, but at least we could blame it on someone else, too. This one, the blame is now entirely on him. Yeah, this is all his fault, really. Yeah. Um, And so there's, you know, like, more platitudiness. You know, Kyle... Starts blaming it on Amanda, saying that he she deserves someone who's perfect and he can't be perfect for her. And, you know, she deserves better. And then Ryan tries, like, tough love to break down Kyle. They start making baskets. In the end, he, like, really, like, pins Kyle down. And Kyle just kind of, like, breaks down and says he just wants either her back or to be back with her. Um, and so we've, like, got Kyle. Like, he's back. We've got him in the net. He's, he's back. We're not looking for him anymore. This is kind of the worst of the episode over, but not quite. And after the break, we see him and he's just been sitting outside Amanda and his apartment. I don't know for how long. I don't know why Ryan couldn't have like walked him back up and knocked on Amanda's door, but either way, Amanda comes out, see, sees him and just hugs him. And like, it's just an embrace. It's not, there's no fighting, which is at least like one less thing to deal with. Like the storyline seems to be calming down so that we can move on. Um, and Amanda has a dumb line where she says it was as much her fault. Um, and he's quick to say, no, it wasn't, which thank goodness for some accountability. And she says, promise you'll never leave me again. They seem back on track. And so then we really kind of move on to our next big storylines. Um, a lot about this passion island BS. (laughs) So Ryan shows up at Sterling Conway to see Megan, but the first person he sees is Lexi, uh, who really walks around the halls a lot for a CEO. Usually they're in their office the whole time and they have other people getting stuff for them. Um, And then she watches him go into Megan's office, so she spies on them. Um, That's where we get a throwaway line about Ryan saying their father is on his way home. That's all we ever hear about him. I don't think we ever see him or hear about him again. No great loss. No. Damage done. Ryan tells Megan that he is going to Cabo. And then we see Julie, the sneaky assistant, who comes in and presses conference on Megan's office phone so that um, um, uh, Lexi can eavesdrop in. She, like, surreptitiously says she's picking up a file. And 
that's her like excuse and that's how she's able to do it without them noticing anything so lexi overhears ryan invite megan to join and so the idea is then that well maybe megan can be the the client rep for sterling conway so she goes in to see lexi and lexi plays dumb about who amanda is sending and she's megan she says to megan sure you could be passion islands rep and then she says ryan is also going from amanda woodward um and then lexi's like no that's a conflict of interest um i mean which isn't completely wrong um and so then Megan asks, well, do you know who you will send from Sterling Conway? And she goes, I'm really not sure. And then, of course, it's her. Right after Megan leaves the office, Lexi's like, I think Julie, the assistant, like just pages her to be like, can I get you a coffee? And she's like, you can get me a margarita or whatever. Like, send me to Cabo. Um, and then I don't remember his name. I think it's Nikki. The guy, like the skeezy guy from the New York band that Kyle brought over. Ricky. Ricky. Oh, what was, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Who's, yeah. who's like they've been the house band now for Eve for a couple weeks for a hot and, minute, yeah, and, like long enough for there to be like in one of like the L A papers like a review of them, <laughs> um, and then Amanda with Kyle, I guess just home recovering. Um, Amanda comes in and fires Nikki fires the band and she says and take your sharp objects with you (laughs) (laughs) i just can't get over that they're like named like jillian flynn has their her one of the books her book yeah and um and so eve tells ricky that she will handle this and she confronts amanda and says that this messes with her career um and then amanda or, and then Eva's like, I know Peter has a problem with them. So she asks Amanda if Peter put her up to it. And things are now suddenly, again, not good with Eve and Amanda. Okay. I think Eve has her her attitude, like her behavior has done a complete 180 from where she was like two weeks ago before she joined the band. Yeah. Yeah. She was like stable and not tempestuous like that. Yeah. Also, like, she didn't really like the band. No, like, she hated Eve the was band. Doing, Eve was doing fine with the original band that they sacked because, you know, Kyle played Mr. A&R guy. Uh, so this should be, like, good riddance. I mean, as we'll find out later on, it should really be good riddance. But, um, but yeah, I think this is a new side of Eve. I think they're starting to do with Eve what they did with Lexi at the beginning of this season. Right. So right. we got to a point where even Amanda had kind of buried whatever baggage they had with Amanda not serving a sentence that Eve did for that dumb crime. Um, and, <laughs> and now they seem to be like, but but we want there to be water under the bridge. Or, or want it to not yet be water under the bridge, I guess is how you'd say it, with Eve and Amanda. So I think they're rebuilding that. Um, and then there's a scene, and I think this is the scene where Jane is like, yeah, I should be fired, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> M- Megan and Michael basically see Jane and Ryan off on, on their trip to Cabo. Um, and then Megan and Michael are left alone, and Megan comments to Michael that she, he's wearing like his sexy cologne or whatever it is. So she's like, oh, you're off to yet another woman. Got it. And then we have, talk about your dark scenes. Uh, Kyle is trying to sober up 
we see him like with his DTs and everything alone in the apartment. And, you know, he's like banging the remote and then he screws up the remote and the cable on the TV. And then in quick succession, goes straight to a vodka bottle in the fridge and he takes out the bottle, which I want to pause to point out that I see there's also a bottle of borscht in their fridge. I so, noticed that too. I mean, I guess props <laughs> to the prop guy for doing something so insane. I don't know. Um, I, was, I was like, I was like, why would there be Manischewitz borscht in Amanda's seems fridge? Very much like the least likely thing that should be in their fridge. But okay, in reality, the least likely thing that should be in their fridge is a bottle of vodka. Right, because well. you know Kyle has a problem, and you've just left him alone to recover. Um, so, yeah. I mean, even the fact that you've left him alone at this vulnerable moment is a little questionable, but I guess Amanda's like, someone's got to help save Kyle's. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. When Amanda fired Ricky and the gang, whatever the band is, she's she's like, we're down by, like, we have, like, half of the people coming to the upstairs that we used to. So this is why I'm firing you. Um, so yeah, so then Kyle takes a swig, but then he smashes the whole bottle of vodka. So he like severely cuts his hand in doing so. Um, and we go to commercial. And then we come back and Michael was wearing that sex cologne for a reason. And he visits Audrey and, and you know, she's like really kind of wrapping him around her finger and, he like sort of realizes it and sort of just has to give into it anyway. So they end up having sex. Um, and at this point, the story, which had a really good surprise to it last episode, now again feels kind of labored and predictable. I to agree. me, at least. I agree. Um, okay, and so then we're back to Kyle. Amanda comes home and sees him sitting on the bedroom floor. Now the lamp is on the ground, like, flickering on and off. You know, obviously he's, like, <laughs> bleeding profusely, um, sweating profusely. Um, so she takes him to the hospital. And Peter asks Nurse Amy to do a, a new panel of blood tests, and he's going to check Kyle into a rehab center, which is yeah. exactly where he needs he to He needed be. to be the whole time, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're now going where we need to be, which is apparently Passion Island in Cabo. Um, and it's Jane hanging out with Lexi and Ryan, which is like, she deserves better than these dopes. Um, <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and she deserves better than what's about to happen to her. Um, and, you know, like they're walking around. This is, I guess, their first night there. And she excuses herself to bed. And Ryan's like, yeah, I'm going to go back to my room, too. And then Lexi is like, why don't you stay with me and walk on the beach with me? Because they have to do a like a three-legged sack race as part of all of the activities that their contact, their client, whoever, whatever his exact role is at the resort has lined up for them. Like, you really don't need to scope out the the land for the, the sack race. But they're walking around. Um, also- we'll see them in a sec. What a weird way to get a job. I like I like this is like this is like they're competing to get this man's business. Right. That's not really how That's not really how it, it happens. That's not how bidding works. No, no that's not how no. it works. Would be great. Everybody gets an all expense paid trip to someplace fancy, right? Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, and you haven't even landed the contract. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, okay, so now Michael comes back to Nurse Audrey's. I don't even know if she's actually a nurse. Um, 
But uh, he comes to her room with flowers, and she tells him she knows it's insincere, and she now has a typewritten list of new demands, including a larger cut of the settlement. Uh, I think it was one fifty, and now it's three hundred thousand. Um, and she's also demanding that their relationship continue. And since he doesn't really have a choice, he agrees to it. I mean, I guess when in Rome, uh, what choice do you have? Uh, and when they start going at it this time in bed, we also see her secretly videotaping the two of them. <laughs> uh, okay, so Lexi is walking with Ryan and um, at this point says she doesn't think Megan is his Miss Perfect. He needs someone more substantial. Um, and instead of just being like, fuck you, bitch, and walking away, he's like, you know what Megan does that is exactly what I want? She always surprises me, or something like that. And then Lexi goes in for a kiss and, like, feigns surprise at him. Um, And she's like, I can't believe I did that. Uh, And he finally walks away. Like, he doesn't give in to it, he pulls away, and yes. After she's like, oh, I can't believe I did that, and then he walks away. Also, they had their chance at this triangle storyline in the first half of the season. Yes. It's too late. We, like, we've done this before, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, we've been here before. We've done it before. Please, we don't need to go do this again. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So now we have arrived at a nightmare sequence. <sighs> yeah, and I love this. This is... This is what Karen was talking about, guys. So Kyle has a big nightmare, very Nightmare on Elm Street-esque, in which he's, like, locked in a padded cell. He's got a straitjacket. He's being walked down the hall, and he sees through the window Amanda and Peter kissing on the other side of the door. Um, It reminds me... Do you remember um, right before Jane and Sydney were going to kill Richard Hart? That... Jane had that dream sequence where um, they're being taken to the electric chair. Or I guess oh, kind of maybe vaguely. Sid had it, you know, and it's like very distorted and it was actually cool and it fit kind of what was going on thematically. And Jane, oh, it's to the gas chamber because Jane says, Sid, take your gas like a man. Um, it's kind of like that, except it's taking itself way too seriously. Um at any rate, then Kyle wakes up, and it's just in time for Amanda to, to reach the rehab center. And he, they get out of the car, and he says, let's just say goodbye right outside. And he says he needs her to believe in him, and she says she does, and she watches him walk away. Gross. Um, so then we're back at the hospital, and Audrey comes to Peter and says she has to talk to him. And she does what she says she was going to do. She tells him that she lied. She says she made it all up, that she wanted a promotion. She does everything she is supposed to do to exonerate Michael and says, whatever you need me to do, I'll apologize, I'll quit, whatever. And Peter kind of makes a thinking face and he goes, I'll take care of Dr. Mancini. And then we're down in Cabo again with like a slow-mo start to this dumb three-legged race at Passion Island, which is like, I guess, trying to recall Chariots of Fire, but I like doesn't really do much. Um, so we have Jane and Lexi, and then we have Ryan and their host, whoever the like client, the dude, yeah, like some guy, yeah. yeah. Um, and the women fall and the men win. Um, I mean, 
I will say, this is not going to entice me to come to your resort. I want to lay down and sit down, but I don't want to have to do like a three-legged race. Yeah, I don't, don't want to do a three-legged race. I just want to like sit on a beach. And I want to be served. Up. I want to yeah. be, <laughs> I wanna be assisted. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, in the fall, Jane thinks she has sprained her ankle. So uh, away with Jane. Ryan like walks her away. Um, so Michael is like hiding out in the the Mancini Hart office when we get back. Um, and he's like feigning desperation when he hears Peter come in. He's having a fake conversation at uh, this, like, uh, I think fake uh, hospital, Holy Cross in Missoula, Montana. Michael's really making it look like he has no options anywhere. Poor him. And Peter says that Audrey paid him a visit. And Peter says, you can have the job back and a formal apology. Okay, so now Michael thinks he has the upper hand. He says his reputation has been hurt, and he thinks he's playing his hand well. Um, he thinks he's really, like, got Peter wrapped around his finger now. So we'll see how long that will really last. And then he's back at the apartment. Uh, and Jane has flown back. Like, Jane has strained her ankle so why don't you just let her stay there for another couple of days and like just lay down and recuperate in the sun <laughs> because she can't do any of the activities the required activities apparently i guess they i guess all these other activities kept them on their feet um so she knocks on michael's door and she apparently has just seen peter and found out the truth or the quote-unquote truth um and she apologizes to michael and he's like you know losing you is what hurt and then he takes her to bed or to couch and it's ouch at the couch because uh you know he like throws jane down he's like oh did that hurt and she's like yeah a little um you know sprained ankle um and okay so here's another dark scene amanda is in the office at kyle's where apparently everything is falling apart they're like losing money things are disorganized then eve storms in and says she wants to quit and she's like, you're holding me back and I need to be rid of you. Uh, and they have another mini fight about Amanda running her life. And Amanda's like, so go. She goes, I'm sick of the whole world dumping on me. Which I think she said last week too. Yeah. Um, Still not wrong, though. Yeah. And uh, on her way out, Eve sees Ricky and asks if he has booked the band anywhere yet. And so then... Ricky goes in to see Amanda while Eve is outside because Peter is coming to pick her up. And Ricky uh, says Amanda owes him a check. The camera work here is also very ominous. Um, and he says, write me a check for $2,000. He's like, he sees the book of checks. And he's like, write me a check right now. And she balks at it. And we see Eve waiting outside while this happens. We see Eve get in the car with Peter. Um, and this guy is really pressuring Amanda. And we've cut back to her and she hands him the check. And then he starts really asserting himself. And he's like, I heard all about you. I bet you really miss your days of being wild. I bet you miss the rough sex. So she smacks him. And then he knocks her down on the desk. He starts forcing himself on her. She smacks him with a huge ashtray. Um, and just then, uh, no, I thought I thought maybe she was going to kill the guy. I thought that maybe yeah. Eve was going to come back in and reverse maybe what was ha or repeat what was happening before. But no, both Peter and Eve show up. Maybe we don't know why. Maybe Eve was coming with a change of heart. I don't know. But then Peter beats the shit out of this Ricky guy, essentially saving her, and he hugs her as like Ricky is is subdued off to the side, and Eve watches them hug, and that my friends, is where the episode ends. 
I thought with that heavy ass ashtray right? that Amanda, pay, I thought that that guy would be out like a light yeah, and he didn't go down. He didn't go down. It's enough just to like get him off of her, but not enough to like knock him out or worse. No. Yeah. Um, and that's where we leave it. So we're not sure what is to come next with any of these people. Um, I don't think Rob Estes is directing next week. So oh, maybe we'll, we'll have something a bit more pat. Like I said in the beginning, though, plot-wise, I'm okay with a lot of the stuff that happened in the second half, or second two-thirds even, uh, of the show. And that's what I'll say. I mean, I guess in terms of storylines, yeah, okay, at least we've got some new ones. We're getting rid of some old ones. Um, but I don't know. It just feels, that, like I said, the directing in this episode was so terrible. I couldn't get, I just couldn't get past it. Yeah, at the very least, um, get, you know, less is more. Right. Rob, you didn't have to try so hard. Mm. But Rob, try harder at the acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what he should be trying hard with. Yeah, because it's trying us. Ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the episode, guys. Uh, before we head on over to the boulevard, I just wanted to remind you, two weeks-ish ago was the 30th anniversary of the debut of Melrose Place. Um, and just to commemorate it in a small way, I wrote an article with uh, what I think the five best episodes are. I think I posted it on our uh, Facebook page back on the Block Pod, and I also tweeted it. So uh, I encourage you guys to look it up. I will not tell you what any of those episodes are, but I will say none of them are yet to come. <laughs> what we have left of the series we have at some point already discussed the five best um, but please check that out and it would be ever so nice if you could give us a five-star review on itunes uh it would be helpful not just for this uh current uh podcast but maybe for the future when we uh give birth to a new one all right. Well, let's go to Hollywood Boulevard. So we're heading back to the future, guys. Follow us along. Uh, otherwise, hope you're having a kick-ass summer, and we will see you next week back on the block. <laughs>